0: Hello friends, and welcome to episode 1049 of the juice box podcast. Today, I'm welcoming back Erica Forsyth and Erica and I are going to do something a little different than what we've done in the past. We're going to build an entire series around an idea. That series, as you can tell from the title, is about parenting. It's going to expand beyond type 1 diabetes, but at the same time, I think that parenting skills and diabetes parenting skills go hand in hand. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. If at any point in this series you think, I'd like to check Erica out, she has a great website, EricaForsythe.com. She sees patients virtually and in person if you're a California resident. Check out her website to see what states Erica is licensed in. If you'd like to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com, you can do that with the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. And to get a free year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order, use my link, DrinkAG1.com slash Juice Box. This episode of the Juice Box podcast is sponsored by US Med. US Med is the place where Arden gets her diabetes supplies from her Dexcom and her Omnipods, but they have much more than that. You'll learn more about them when you check them out at usmed.com/juicebox or by calling 888-721-1514. You can get your supplies the same way we do from U.S. Med. Okay. Where do we want to start with this? You and I have never done this this way before. Uh, but Correct. this this is a pretty common thing that uh, Jenny and I do. So Jenny and I used to brainstorm privately about series. And then one day I said, why don't we record the brainstorming and make that the first episode of the series? That way people can listen, decide if it's something they're interested in and get a fair idea for the direction we're going to go in. So you and I are going to try that. Let's go. Yes. Now, I was Let's worried. Let's try if, it. <laughs> I was worried because you are a careful speaker.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I don't, I still, I still don't, I don't think that matters. I think we could do this. I'll give you a little bit of my thought, and then okay. we'll figure it out. So I was thinking we could do sort of um a parenting list like uh i don't know the first way it popped in my head was you know what are the worst parenting mistakes that you've seen in your job and i thought through that there's something then i started thinking about a little more i thought well maybe there are also good things that you've seen that are valuable and like so Mm -hmm. i don't know what we'll call the episode yet i think we'll figure that out as we're going but okay. i'm wondering if we couldn't build a list of things that you have seen that have been valuable, things that you've seen that have been detrimental and maybe a little bit of what's in between. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: I'm going to open up a file cuz you're okay. you're going to be the thinker today, so I'll be the typer.
1: Okay. I think it might be important to note before we start listing, you know, parenting mistakes, communication mistakes, errors, just to know, say the obvious that parenting is one of the most challenging things ever in life. And speaking as a parent, I am not, I am far from perfect and make these mistakes myself. Um, and, but I'm sure Scott, you never do. Um, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God, I think my whole life is a parenting mistake. No, I, I, I would imagine. I, wow. You know what? I meant that to be funny, but, It might be true. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I don't mean just me. I mean, somebody parented, somebody made a mistake, led to another thing that led to me, that led to blah, blah, blah. Maybe it is all a parenting mistake. But so I don't think about it the same way. I don't think of things I do as like mistakes or wins Mm -hmm. or something like that. But I do think it's a continual learning process, Mm -hmm. but that there is a sweet spot. And no matter where you jump in, if you're not ready i don't know how to put this you're going to be doing micro damages that you may never be aware of or that may mm-hmm. not like rear their head for i don't know 10 years or two generations i have no idea but it's such a bizarre feeling to think that i have the ability to do something that will create a problem or a i don't know you know a good thing for somebody that I might never even meet. Super interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. So.
1: Generationally, yes. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. The right? Generational patterns. Yeah.
1: And I think even what you said, you know, you might not be ready. Most of us, or most parents aren't. And how would you define ready? What does it mean to feel ready to parent? You know, that's another conversation too. But I think you do, it is an evolution of the learning. And maybe mistakes is even the wrong word to use. And I think the first step would be the awareness piece, right? You might be acting or parenting in a way that you are not aware that could be causing pain or suffering or damage, but that also might be a result of your own pain and suffering as a child as well.
0: Let's do something first before we move forward, because you're just right. I don't think of it as a mistake either. You know, like I had kids when I was fairly young I would be a different parent if those kids came out today, right? But, you know, if you use the magic wand idea where you took the thoughts in my head now and put them in the thoughts in my head when I was in 20, then Mm -hmm. I think overall things might have turned out better. Like, I I don't say that they turned out poorly. I just, there may have been, you know, I don't know, better decisions made in there by me. But if you make me 52 years old and give me a baby right now, Well, then I'm going to make some better decisions, and then some things aren't going to be nearly as good because I'm not going to have the same energy or Uh et cetera, right? But I guess the idea is is to share with people things that we've seen in our own personal lives or that you've seen clinically that with reasonable certainty led to something. But I don't want to call them mistakes. So let's find better words, and you'll be good Uh at this. So what do we call it? I said mistakes and wins, which was way wrong. Like it just are not not smooth. What are we really talking about?
1: Patterns, maybe harmful decisions, harmful patterns. Yeah, I guess patterns is there is really the because we 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 might have a really good method of disciplining and then we might make we might forget or we might be tired. But it's really we're talking about the over over time saying or doing the same thing. Mm without changing um, or without either having the awareness or desire or, or the know-how of how to change and and, affect positive change in your relationship with your child. Um,
0: So somebody asked me the other day that we were talking about like interpersonal communication. And I said that one of the things about me that I'm proud about as a, as a matured person is that I'm incredibly consistent. And that person said back to me, you're very authentic. And I said, Well, that may be, but I'm consistent. If you ask me a question at 8 a.m. or midnight, you're gonna get the same answer from me. That, you know, if it happens on Wednesday or Sunday or December and everybody's have that Christmas anxiety or whatever, I I'm basically a common sense person. So I don't get ruled a lot by the things going on around me. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think consistency is incredibly important for anything, for parenting. I think consistency is why the podcast does well, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't even just mean like what you're hearing. I mean, the way the podcast gets made when it comes out, what people expect, right? And that's a trust. Like, think of that for a second. If you consistently Mm -hmm. make the podcast, people trust that this thing is going to happen. That's what consistency brings to parenting is this comfort, right? Like, I hear my wife discuss sometimes how she never knew what was going to happen. Uh-huh. And she once told me how she felt manipulated as a child when if they were acting up, her mom would say, hey, guys, if you're good for the rest of the day, we're going to go to McDonald's. And then no matter how good they were or weren't, they were not going to McDonald's. Like, And so it never happened. So it was like it was like mm. this carrot on a stick. That wasn't real, but the kids didn't know it. Mom probably couldn't even afford to go to McDonald's. She just said a thing she thought would shut them up for a couple of hours. You know what I mean? But interestingly, as an adult four decades later, that feeling that it bred in my wife, I think it still torments her. The idea that Mm -hmm. you can't trust people when they they say things to you sometimes. So, you know what I mean?
1: Yes. Well, And that might also create their narrative as a child growing into an adult, that no matter what I do, I'm never good enough. Okay. And that's pretty That's pretty see, common. Like yeah, I'm, that's
0: so cool that you said that, not that it happens to people, but that, like, even right. a thing that... Listen, again, we get in a time machine, go find my wife's mom 50 years ago, and say to her, what were you doing when you did that? She's probably gonna say, look, I was out of my mind. I had four kids. You know, like, I needed them to stop. I had stuff to do, like, whatever. If you said to her, then that action turned one of your kids into somebody who doesn't believe their parents and that that has ripple effects in their own life. And by the way, the thing you just said, and by the way, if we put four Mm -hmm. more voices on this conversation, four more people might come up with four other things that come from that. That's the kind of stuff Mm -hmm. you can't know while you're doing it. So there has to be some sort of consistency to your decision making to stop these unintended and undesired outcomes that, you know, I don't know. That, that That's it, right? Like, okay, but still, good conversation. But we did not come up with better words <laughs> with than good or word. bad. Um, so what if we just said positive? I just need language for my conversation or I'm gonna for over it. So I'm gonna say positive okay. And for the moment, I'm gonna say unintended.
1: hmm okay. I like that.
0: Or is it intended and unintended? Positive intended. Well, everything I... Is it...
1: Unintentionally, unintentional, unintended.
0: Maybe the conversation is going to reveal the words. So, and maybe the people listening right now are yelling a word in their car. They
1: they might be, yes. Please share it.
0: How could you not have (laughs) thought of this? Um, Okay, Uh so let's just... I know your brain doesn't work like this, so we'll get this out of the way first. Okay. Unintended things that people do that you see over and over again that don't lead to good outcomes?
1: I think we could start with what you shared, the example of your wife, the inconsistent discipline slash motivation. Okay. Just like the, if you're good, then this will happen. And no matter how good the child was, they never got it. But I also, you know, you could see the, the converse of that is, no matter what happens, the child gets the McDonald's.
0: Okay. So no matter
1: what, no, yeah, so it's just inconsistent follow-through in the discipline/slash motivation.
0: Or sprinkling some sort of praise or gifts on them for no reason. It's, Correct. It's just as bad. So what what's that idea? It's Just kind of like blindly
1: uh, you know, usually people say nowadays, like everyone gets a trophy parenting. Okay.
0: okay. All right. That's
1: perfect. <laughs> yeah. Praising praising for every little thing and, and not, which could be, again, going back to maybe as a child, you were not affirmed for any kind of behavior and only were disciplined for negative. And so maybe as a parent, you're saying to yourself, I'm going to flip that and I'm going to praise the heck out of my child because I never got that as a kid.
0: I'm calling that uh, seesaw over corrections. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> because because that's really it's how good. I how I think of it. Like, right, you grow up being treated poorly, and then you want you wanna correct that action. So as a parent yourself, you overcorrect, and then instead of doing the right thing, you end up just making a different mistake.
1: Correct. Right.
0: So Okay.
1: A different choice in how to parent. Yeah, different
0: choice. Mm -hmm. But 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 it's not just a choice, right? Because you can say, I'm gonna be more positive than my parents were, but what happens when it gets into that space where your kid walks around believing that everything they do is perfection? Like right? Like that's an overcorrection.
1: Yes. And you might see if a if a child gets in trouble for let's say making you know something at school, maybe the parents might have a challenging time. Acknowledge that the child could do something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's a great example. Like, a teacher says, hey, your kid did this. And you go, my kid doesn't, doesn't do those things. What are you talking yeah. about? Right. right. Um, but I, I even mean the, um, I mean, we all know a child who who believes in themselves more than they should. <laughs> like, do, do And I don't mean that you shouldn't believe in yourself. I mean, like, like obviously you want to instill, you know, a good self-confidence in people mm-hmm. uh, and self-esteem. But when there's this belief that there's nothing you do that's ever, I mean, wrong or even worth questioning.
1: Yes. Well, and, and just ha- it's very um, maybe a black and white thinking or rigid thinking and perspective of, of themselves where they cannot accept they might make an error. I mean, this is rare. I would say we, we usually see more children and teens and adults with lower self-esteem. Right, it's rare to see the 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 bravado kid, but it does happen.
0: Not to say that maybe those kids don't end up in therapy, but they are out in the world having a bad experience, whether they know it or not. Maybe they're pretending it's not a bad experience because I'm I'm terrific, and you must understand how amazing I am. So, um, but you know, I have an example I've used in the podcast before. I'm not going to like belabor it here, but I've met a kid like that. He's the only child I've ever met my entire life that I couldn't find a way to like. You know, mm-hmm. it was really something. And then you look back at the parenting structure and there's one parent who's kind of quiet in the background, very kind. I've never had a bad interaction with a person once in my life. Then there was another parent who was a monster. But the monster was the one pumping up the kid. And it was mm-hmm. interesting. Like like a nasty person, I guess is the way I, I want to say it. Like you could see like, I don't know how to put this. Like when you're speaking to them, you can see ill intentions behind their eyes. Like they're calculating everything. They're mm-hmm. sure they're better than you. And everyone around you, they've put this into the kid, and the other spouse seemed too kind to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So mm-hmm. then is that's another that's another thing you could do. I'm still going to just stick with wrong for now <laughs> cuz okay, I can to yeah. figure out what to say. Uh, but so You could overpower the other parent and not allow their input.
1: I'd say having a united front would be the positive maybe spin on that. So being united in in parenting the decisions you make, um, you might have different opinions and perspectives about certain situations, but ultimately the bottom line you agree on and that is around your, the boundaries that you're setting for your child. So I'd say boundary, you know, boundary setting or having lack of boundaries.
0: Is it? I'm sorry that people are going to hear me yes, type, yeah. typing during this one. Um, but is it important that the kids believe that we're always united, whether we are or not, or is it important to let them know that there are disagreements and we've found a a resolution? U.S. Med prides themselves. On the white glove treatment that they offer to customers, and those customers number over one million since 1996. US Med is the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre systems nationwide. They have an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They accept Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. Did you know that they are the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod dash, but they also have Omnipod five. They're the number one fastest-growing tandem distributor nationwide. They've got the T-Slim. You know Control IQ, right? Go check it out. Dexcom's... Oh, what do what, what I talk about this? Number one rated distributor in Dexcom customer satisfaction surveys. And they can get you the Dexcom G6 or G7. By the way, don't want a Dexcom, want a Libre? Libre 2 and Libre 3. That's Libre, Dexcom, Omnipod, Tandem testing supplies, they've got some insulins, usmed.com slash Go check it out or call 888-721-1514. You can get your free benefits check by going to the website or calling the 800 number. USMed always provides 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping. Like I said before, they carry everything from insulin pumps to diabetes testing supplies and the latest CGMs like the Freestyle Libre 3 and the Dexcom G7. What are you waiting for? 888 721 1514 Or go to my link, usmed.com slash juicebox. Or both.
1: I would say both. And for you to model for your child that you and your and your partner can have disagreements, but you're modeling how to, how to disagree, right. To how to have a conversation around, well, I think, I think Johnny should be able to go to the thing and the other parent says, no, I don't think so. And then you can model for them. Why do you have these different perspectives? And and ultimately, you know, maybe quote unquote, one parent wins in that conversation, but ultimately the parents have, or the, you know, the adults are modeling to the child how to have a disagreement and communicate in a healthy way and landing at a decision that may or may not be that they both are agreeing to, but they've agreed how they came to the decision.
0: Mm-hmm. What I put here for under positive is model communication resolution. Yes. Okay. But at the same time, is it not also important to let them know that everyone's not always going to agree?
1: Yes not everyone's going to agree, but I think, you know, the classic example that you would hear is I go, I go to mommy and ask for the lollipop and she says no, but then I can go to daddy and I know that daddy's going to say yes to the lollipop. Mm-hmm. So they learn, children learn those patterns. And so you want to be united in, in some of the basics, I would guess I would say kind of foundational
0: boundaries. Yeah. But when mommy pulls daddy into a coat closet to tell him he's an idiot for giving the kid the pomp. Like, is it okay for the kid to see that? Like, <laughs> hey, he can't have that. You know not to give that to him. Like, I, see, I, from for my money, that's okay. I'm okay with age appropriate. By the way, everything's age appropriate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but for my money, it's all right for it's all right for one of us to be right and one of us to be wrong, like like statically correct and incorrect in a situation. It's all right for one person to speak up. If the person who's wrong disagrees, they need to be free to discuss and, and give light to their thought process. Well, I don't, you know, it, dinner's not for three hours. I don't think the lollipop's going to hurt them. I'm okay with that because I believe those interactions help people to learn what they don't want to be when they're adults. I know, I I think positive modeling is incredibly important. And I think that following through and a number of other things that we will talk about in a minute, but like those things are all important for kids to see. But I don't have a problem with them seeing things not going well. Like I think my children are completely aware of my wife's and my shortcomings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me, what they learned from them is maybe... My dad does this, I have a personality like him, I'm gonna try not to do that. But big picture, we're still a successful family unit and that you know we exist in the world well and everything. And I don't know, because I think that what I see sometimes from younger parents is an attempt at perfection
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then anything less than perfection is a dumpster fire in their mind and therefore life is terrible, everything's horrible. My kid's going to grow up to be a meth head. Like, like it it goes from zero to a hundred really quickly. So under negative, what is it that perfectionism does the children? That's my question, right?
1: I think leading them to believe, maybe having, there's unrealistic expectations. I think that there's, as a parent, when we whether there's a conflict and we can model conflict resolution it's okay to have disagreements. I, I totally agree with all of those things. Mm -hmm. I think we are always able to model how to apologize and say, you know what, (laughs) we, whether it's a single parent thing or parents are made it, you know, felt like they mishandled a situation. One of the, I think the best parenting moves we can do is to say gosh you know we we had this conversation and i blew up at you or you know we blew up at each other in trying to make this you know figure out this decision and you know we're sorry next time we're going to try and do it this way cuz then you get to model to your kid that hey we're going to make mistakes we're going to say things incorrectly and then i'm going to apologize even if you're 3 years old yeah. it's i think it's a beautiful intervention
0: or You know, practice. I'm going to put apology under a positive thing, Mm -hmm. and I wrote arguing under negative. So for my money, arguing with children like you are a child, like oh, you know what I mean, like losing your, and then (laughs) and then finding yourself going, oh wow, I'm as crazy as they are right now. Like, like that. Well, and it happens. It
1: it happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I've been involved in it. (laughs) Yes. Same. Same. But, but it's one of those things that you do have to stop yourself about. Also on the apology thing, I want to be clear about this. You apologize when you're wrong, but apologizing can't be the scapegoat for your bad behavior. Right. Does that make sense? You can't willfully keep doing the same thing wrong over and over again and then running back and saying, I'm so sorry, because it's meaningless after a while.
1: Because ultimately, and I just read this quote, um, someone who focuses on boundaries, that if you continue to do the same patterned, same behavior, and then you continue to apologize, ultimately what you're really seeking is to kind of seek that comfort for whatever shame you're dealing with, right? As opposed to apologizing to the person that you offended, you are apolog you're doing the behavior over. you're asking for forgiveness, you're apologizing, and the person saying, no, it's okay. it's okay. Mm-hmm. that's then then that's about you. So I think having going to that first step of awareness, am i am I doing this and asking for forgiveness and apologizing five times a day, then I would look at that if yeah. it's
0: you know, so I added that doing work on yourself as an adult under a positive thing. And to that, I mean, if you're having the same argument over and over again, if you're having the same thing that makes you upset, you have to remove yourself from the unit for a minute and go, why am I doing that? Mm -hmm. And so being willing to listen to a partner or your kid, like, you know, for some insight into yourself is important because that's what you're looking for. You're looking for insight into yourself, but you first have to make the decision. Like, what do they say? Uh, Recognizing the problems, the. Oh, the first step or something like that. Like, so you have, to, mm-hmm. you have to figure out what the problem is first and then say, I want to fix it. And if you can't find a path to that, then you have to go to trusted people and say, hey, I do a thing. You have any idea why I do that? Or what have you noticed? Like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And of course, hopefully you have somebody to go to that you can trust who will have your best thing, you know, take care of you in that situation and give you a good, honest answer. Also, they might not know. You may be married to a moron. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) like some of some of you are. My wife is Erica. (laughs) no, no, Erica won't let you say anything bad. That's your therapist. I I wish I knew you as a real person and not as a therapist. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, hopefully, I'm similar. I want to hear one day when I go.
0: My wife is married to one, and you go. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I see it. (laughs) But but I mean, that's really important. That the idea that I guess seeing yourself as accurately as you can is a real kind thing you can do for your children.
1: And really difficult without either the, the awareness desire and takes courage. I mean, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage and you you desire to be authentic, right. Mm -hmm. With who you are. And so to reach out and ask for insight or feedback, you know, seeking feedback from your children, from your partner, from your coworkers, from your close friends, I mean, I'm just thinking about like when is the last time I asked other people that or I heard other people ask me that you know it's it's hard to do it's hard to do to to seek that feedback,
0: yeah, one of the problems with being, oh Eric, I'm going to use a word that makes me feel weird to say, but one of the problems with being present is that <laughs> is that life requires that is from you as well, and you also might be tired or sick or hungry or any number of other things then there's these moments like i one of my biggest like one of the things i had trouble with when i was younger was if something happens that needs attention like right in this moment you know if we get past this moment it's going to dissipate then that all that's going to be left is the bad thing that happened right like like the opportunity to fix it is gone but you can't literally stop yeah that i hate that because it feels like um i don't know it, like it feels like feels like there's like a Geiger counter. Sometimes it moves towards we're all going to blow up, and sometimes mm-hmm. it moves towards don't worry, everything's fine. And mm-hmm. once in a while, you see it move towards it's going to blow up, and you go, oh, I could bring it back to it's going to be fine. But you're on the way out the door that way, and I'm on the way out mm-hmm. the door this way, and then it then it multiplies. Because mm-hmm. instead of fixing it, you get in your car and you're like, she always does that. And but now you're mad, right? Like, and mm-hmm. and then she's in the car going, I, my mom was right. He's such. I got to get out of this. And like, like, and and that just keeps growing. And the counter goes the wrong way when it doesn't have to. I hope that made mm-hmm. sense. But that's so the, a positive thing you can do. Is, I'm just going to say stop, drop, and roll for now. And then we'll figure out a different (laughs) way. (laughs) Like maybe I like that. How about stop, drop, and talk? There we go.
1: And and take a break. I mean, maybe that the stop, drop, and roll. I like the you know you're kind of before it's about to explode, and you're feeling you could feel it in your body. Mm -hmm. Your your mind is racing. You're heated. Things are being said quickly. Practicing just knowing when that happens is just okay. To stop, and and particularly if you're in front of the the kids, to stop. And it's not going to be solved, nothing's going to be, but that's the best thing you could do for you and your partner and your children is to stop and pause. Yeah.
0: And the extension of what I said is that you should speak to each other when you're calm. So I think maybe the thing to do there is to make an agreement while it's heated that we're going to come back to this later when we're not busy and when we're calmer. And mm-hmm. never say the word "calm" to your wife. Use a different word. I, there's a marriage tip from me to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, also, I uh, my my wife was yelling at me recently, and as I was standing there trying to figure out what happened, <laughs> in my mind, like she's like, "What are you making that face for?" And I couldn't say to her, "I'm trying to figure out how this happened." Uh, but like, and, and then later, I'm I'm literally I'm going to say this. People are going to be upset with me. I don't care. I've made myself a promise. I've been married for 26 years. There are three days during my wife's monthly cycle that I should not talk to her about important or emotional things. Mm -hmm. And yet sometimes when it starts to happen, I can hear the voice in my head go, yo, man, not now. And then there's another voice in my head that goes, she's wrong. Just tell her she'll understand. And then 30 minutes later, I'm going, whoa, what was I doing? What did I do? Mm-hmm. And so, again, I'm not saying women are not in control of themselves. I'm saying that my wife, my personal wife, has a heightened emotional state. It goes about three days. On one of those days, she likes me a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then on the other two days, if if you start to try to have like a deep conversation with her, her mind kind of goes to all the things that are wrong. Like, mm-hmm. and she gets a little, like, melancholy about it. And it's just not the right time to talk to her. There's also times it's not the right time to talk to me, too. And I'm sure it's got to do with my hormones probably as well. But mm-hmm. my, my point is, my greater point is that you are not go- it doesn't matter. It could be you and uh, what was that British guy who was so smart during World War II and uh, everybody listened to him? W- why am I not thinking of his name? This is ridiculous. Heavy guy, cigar Churchill Winston it could, Churchill it could be you and <laughs> Churchill against my yeah. wife on the wrong day <laughs> and, and she's gonna leave believing that you and Winston Churchill are idiots and that everything is bad like it's just, mm-hmm. it's the wrong day to speak to her about that and I know that and I still once in a while I step in it like a booby trap and I'm like mm-hmm. oh my god what am I doing but that goes for your kids too there are times you should not push things with people, is my greater mm-hmm. point. Right? I was trying mm-hmm. to be trying to be amusing there for a minute. But you you can't like you can't push things with people. They're not always ready for it. And what you're gonna get out of them is not a give and take conversation. What you're gonna get out of them is whatever horribleness is inside of them that day, they are going to put it out into the world. And everyone does that. Male, female, happy, sad, doesn't matter. People are gonna do that. So you have to be good at choosing time and place to have conversations without letting it get past so far past when it happened that it's now push that push that needle too far to uh-huh. one side and you can't get it back anymore it's a, a, it, you can make a fixable problem unfixable by not going after it and c- discussing it and you can make a fixable problem unfixable by discussing it at the wrong time Yes, took me a while to, and, get to that. but I think that's what I mean and
1: that goes I know we're, we're kind of tutoring into you know the communication pros and cons <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: patterns, but I think the what you're getting at is not only being aware of your your audience, right and what they may or may not be going through, whether you are knowing it or not, whether it's the cycle or the end of the day or you know whatever else is going on, but also being aware of your state as well. Mm-hmm. And so as you're in- entering into the conversation with your partner, with your child and you're addressing something that's maybe beyond just be, whether it's a possible conflict or ask to just be checking yourself having that awareness of how am i entering into this conversation and how is the my the audience the person that i'm speaking to where are they at emotionally.
0: Okay. What are some good traits of good parents so engaged communicative that the i think being a good listener makes you a better person better parent in general what else
1: i think modeling as much as you can healthy behavior holistically not just how you communicate but doing you know doing self care we've talked a bit about that over mm-hmm. the the years of because we know that parenting is 24-7, and even as you're working or managing other things, you're thinking about your kids, or you're thinking about their blood sugar, and so it is so important for your kids to see you taking care of yourself um, in a way that might feel you might face the guilt or anything else. But I anyway, know I know sorry, we're sticking to just the topics I go into. You're
0: fine, keep <laughs> examples. Talking. No, that's what we're um, doing. That's what we're doing today. We're t- okay. just pretend nobody's listening to us and we're trying to figure out how we want to put the series together.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think a pro would be to to take that self-care, take the time out so that you can be more emotionally present mm-hmm. uh, when you are physically with them. And you're not just you're not running through the, you know, brush your teeth, clean your room. Pre-ball essay, all those good
0: things. Yeah. So I asked people online about things they've seen. So I'm going to spend the rest of this time like talking about them and then pulling out nuggets of what they've said. Although oh, I, nice. I, I also want to throw in for myself, being a martyr or overly dramatic is really not beneficial at all. It's it's really, it's a, it's a mess. You should not do that.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So this person says that good parenting is acknowledging a child's feelings, no, no matter how irrational they may seem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That seemed good yeah. to you.
1: Validate, validate with a capital V. Okay. Yes.
0: So validate. I like that you're going to be able to pull the words out of their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents would restrict sweets, and then when I started sneaking food and would get caught, they would shout at me for ten minutes, which just taught me to hide it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's mm-hmm. the takeaway from that?
1: I would say. Um, realistic and healthy boundaries, expectations around eating flexible. I'd say having flexibility,
0: be flexible. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I got from that, I got, um, unrealistic boundaries and expectations on the bad side. I put be flexible on the good Mm -hmm. side. Oh, this is going to work. Okay, hold on a second. (laughs) Um, I'm a single mom. I get no support. I'm the sole provider. One time my son was in this place where he would tell me he was going to live with his dad every time he was upset with me. Uh I blew up Uh once and I said, go ahead and call him and see if he'll come get you. Tell him to pay for your insurance and all of your diabetes supplies. And let's see Uh how long you stay alive. And she said, felt like a dick move and I still feel bad about it today. Uh But... There's there's a it's pro painful. and a con in there. It's painful. It's for all of them, right? Because you mm-hmm. can hear in that statement, she's struggling. Mm-hmm. The kid is being a kid and saying the worst thing they can think to say. Mm-hmm. But then she tells the kid, look, that guy doesn't care about you as much as I do. And if that's true, it's horrible for the kid. If it's false, it's horrible for the dad and the kid. And no matter what, it's not good for the mom.
1: That's so hard.
0: What did she mean to do that she could have done differently? That's, I think, how we have to attack
1: that. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I mean, uh, just to speak to her, obviously, I know she's probably shaming herself or, you know, she's mm-hmm. feeling badly about that. Obviously, exhausted physically, emotionally. And so the comic came out and it would be repairable if that is the one, you know, if that's a new a new type of conversation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if it's a common theme, I would encourage her. So what? what sorry,
0: I'm not answering your question. Uh, sorry, because you're, you're, you're helping me You're helping me answer. It. Here's okay. what I take from that. Okay, you, you can never be degrading of your spouse, like uh, to your child. Like it's 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 their dad. Like they, they are that they they look at that person or that woman, or mother or father, and and they feel like they're connected to that person. I'm partly you. If he's a piece of shit, then I'm a piece of shit. Like that's I think to me that's the biggest mistake in there. I'd right? say
1: yeah. If if there's one thing that when I'm working with with children and and parents um, who are divorced, that is one of the the, the most challenging I know, but. Highly um, effective rules to follow is to not speak poorly about the child's other, you know, parent when they're not when they're with you, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's really, really hard. But that's more about your own. That's between her and the dad. Right.
0: I also think that they're, you know, taking her at her word in this. She's being honest. And in a more mm-hmm. age-appropriate situation, I don't know how old this kid is, but right. under 18, obviously. But in a more age-appropriate situation, I don't know that it's, if there's a parent that really is that much of a, a near dwell well and not helpful, then it's not wrong for them to know that. But I think you have to couch it to them in a specific way. You know, your dad, blah, blah, blah. Your mom, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not, you know, they're trying or like to, you know, I, I think they're going to, they're working on it, that kind of thing, even if it's not true. I mean, them knowing that the person isn't living up to expectations, maybe is, I mean, the kid's got to know that, right?
1: Right. And I would also wonder, thinking about her comment saying, whenever she would ask him to do something that he didn't want to do, he would threaten or to say, I want to go live with dad. And so maybe she had tried various different ways to problem solve every time he would make that comment. And it got to the breaking point of like, fine, you know, go. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that I would, it's where I would, it's hard, it's hard to kind of say what did, what could she have done differently? Not knowing that journey of what happened all along the way and how she tried to connect problem solve with her son. Every time he would make that threat, if that makes sense. But because there's something going on in, in the son as well. That's that's just a complicated, hard one. But yes, I think what
0: trust hmm. me, this other one's terrible. So, um, (laughs) so there are more than more than a few people who, as adults, are saying in this thread, like you know, I was beaten for a number of different things: my room not being clean when my parents were not good at keeping our house clean. So even that, like, so taking the the hitting out of it for a second, you can't punish your children for your crime because you feel bad about it so you are a collection of neurons and bacteria and all the things that make you up and you made a baby that is probably very likely like you and then Mm -hmm. you look up and that baby's messy like you are you don't want to be messy so you're going to try to save them from it and so i don't know where the lesson is in that except to say Uh that the apple you can't you can't yell at the apple for falling next to the tree it fell off of. Like I mean, do you know what I mean? Like that's that I
1: think yes. The, also I'm gonna the, write no
0: hitting on my list.
1: Yes. Yes. No hitting. Yeah. Um I think the one of the things if you have that awareness, the things that maybe irritate you or aggravate you the most in your children are most likely the things that you don't necessarily like about in yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's often why they might be frustrating. Like if your kid is really stubborn and you see that stubbornness at play when you're asking them to to clean their room, um, that might really irk you and you might not know how to respond to that. And that's something to say, well, gosh, maybe I'm really stubborn in these ways. I mean, this is kind of a simpler example, but um, to have that awareness of like, why am I, why am I triggered so easily when my child does or says X, Y, or Z, um, it might be because you're tired and stressed, but it also might be something within you that you haven't quite either understood or faced or or expressed. Going back to the grace and compassion towards yourself for mm-hmm. why you're that way.
0: This person said screens it bothers them when people abandon their children on a sc- on some sort of piece mm-hmm. of electronics.
1: Mm-hmm. So that lady, yeah, I was going to list. The, I was going to yeah. say one of the you know just having healthy technology boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, Which could be connected to also having, you know, quality time.
0: Um, Yep. too much. Um, And quality time means anything, right? It means together.
1: It means together and it means having that connection and.
0: Connected time, quality connected time.
1: Quality connected time where your child or even teenager knows that you are attuned to them. And I think one thing that gets in the way of this Mm -hmm. um, is that we think it has to be this long, fabulous planned event, Um, but it can be you walk in the door and maybe we've talked about this before, but you walk in the door from work or out of your office and you spend five minutes making eye contact, connecting with your kid. Mm -hmm that builds attachment connection and will feel like quality time for both of you or it's spending 7 minutes outside playing catch you know it's, it's it can be small segments of that quality time that builds up
0: over time do you think that parents can be friends with their children and parent them at the same time
1: that's a good question and hard i think you can be friendly and have fun friend-like moments, but where, I guess it would depend on what you're, how you define being a friend as a parent.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I don't it, mean like smoke yeah. meth with her, but like, <laughs> you know, I see what you're saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it, but, but what you say, like, brings up, like, there's a person here who says, look, I'm very friendly with my daughter, we're buddies, but people say you shouldn't do that, but I like her. So I don't know that you can't be friendly with your kids. You just... You know, I guess the way to put it is I'm very friendly with my children mm-hmm. and and we talk about like I told my I, I may or may not have made a weird off color comment to an x-ray technician today who laughed like <laughs> hell and then said something even funnier afterwards that I'm not going to tell you about. And then I texted my son because I thought it was hilarious. Uh, but like, uh, that's fine. But at the same time, even at 23 years old uh, and taller than me and stronger than me, my son knows I am not f- around. Like it like when when this is happening, like I'm his dad. Like I we were when Arden was in college for the first year, she came home or we went to see her during a break or something. She's talking about this kid she met that was doing this like crazy thing with money or something like that. And Arden said to me, You would kill me if I did that. And and I and she's like, I would never do that. Like she and what I got out of that was there are expectations, uh-huh. right? There are rules, lines, and I know if I cross too far over them, there's going to be an actual consequence. And I don't want that to happen. So that's, you know, I don't think that's not why she does that. I think she doesn't do it because we kind of raised her in that direction. But she does know that if it happened, it wouldn't be okay. Like, I wouldn't just be like, okay, and you know, they're I would do my job at that point, mm-hmm. which is kind of mm-hmm. how I say it is because nobody wants to beat like, it's not fun. Parenting sucks in case people are wondering. It's not a ton of fun. Like the love things, the only thing that pays you back, really the rest of it's really thankless. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but like, you still got to do the thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's gotta be rules. And, mm-hmm. and you also have to know, I think you also have to know that sometimes you make up rules when you're a younger parent because they were things you did. You have to be, you said, be flexible. You have to be able to be flexible and go, you know what, I've been saying this, but that's not necessary. Like maybe the times have changed. Maybe my kid is different than I was when I was being parented for a number of different reasons. You have to adjust. But adjusting doesn't mean like moving the line so that the kid can get away with anything they want, right? Adjusting means like reasonable adjustments.
1: And I think what, In your example with Arden, there's been consistency, right? So over time, she has learned that you love her. You guys can be playful and friends-like, but she knows there are boundaries and expectations. And so I think, yes, you can be friends with your child or teenager, but where I think it becomes challenging is as a parent to say... If you're, if I'm your friend, it's going to be hard for me to say no, because then are you not going to, we're not going to be friends
0: still. You're not going to love me. Is that confusing to the kid? If you like flip flop on them.
1: Right. So what they, but they, what they need and what they are craving as I think most parents really do know is that they, they want those boundaries and expectations. And for you to say no at certain times that also instills security safety love a foundation of all of those really important things Mm -hmm. as opposed to saying yes 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 because i think that will make you love me more as a parent and that's that's hard
0: there's this one response from somebody overpowering the child loving the child with conditions expecting more than is his or her developing brain capable of training of any kind of bad parenting uh be respectful you know, gentle approach to the child, showing unconditional love, responsiveness with no exemptions. This person's been to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Eric is like, yeah, yeah, that's all on my. This not- is a good. Yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah, go through your own childhood traumas, break your cycles, mm-hmm. break your cycles. It's such a thing that sounds cliched right now. I mean, because mm-hmm. internet and everything, but it's a hundred percent probably the biggest thing you could be doing. Yeah, don't put children into their own anxiety by yelling. Mm-hmm. Don't threaten punishment, let's see, and if it happens, realizing that we are the idiots, we yeah, apologizing, letting them live through their emotions, respect, yeah, you know what, a lot of people tell their kids what they feel, that's interesting, they am, um, hold on, don't tell your kids how they feel, or they tell them what or who they are, have you, know, you know what I mean by that?
1: I think you can, you can affirm and praise kids just reminding them of their love and that they are valued and worthy. I think sometimes there, there might be, if you're waiting for that pause, your own anxiety might fill that space and get, tell them what they're feeling or Mm -hmm. tell them, um, because you're also, your kids might not know. Sometimes they do need that language, right. To say, are you feeling this way? Or I wonder if you're feeling this way or that way. I think one of the greatest gifts is to give your give that space for your kid, your child, teen to think.
0: There's a, a list here from a person who is a um, I guess they have a da- they're a daycare person. This list alone, like this is I can't I'm not going to read it. But when you don't feel good about society, these are the reasons. <laughs> Some <laughs> of these reasons are why I'm just going to give you one of them: uh, Pepsi and a baby bottle. Hmm. there you go so i'm going to assume that a, i am honestly going to assume that a person who puts that pepsi in a baby bottle isn't listening to this podcast we're going to raise the level of conversation beyond that i guess you know it's easy to say some people shouldn't probably be parents at the at certain times in their life but man that's tough
1: the overpowering overprotecting
0: overpowering overprotecting overpower
1: yeah overpowering overprotecting could be a theme
0: i think you have to be you have to follow through like you're you i think your children need to be able to believe that you're there like like just and i don't know what to call that exactly but they have to be there has to be some certainty that you're the one right like like when the bus is coming and we're all standing on the corner you were definitely going to throw me out of the way and stand there and face the bus like, like y- you, you've got to be trusted.
1: Yeah, reliable, trustworthy.
0: Yeah, you. No matter what that means, honestly, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, it doesn't. Like, you don't need to be like the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and be reliable. You could be a ditch digger and be reliable. Like, just consistent reliability, uh, something that they can hang a hat on. Like, say, I know this is going to happen. There's a lot of people in this thread that are like, you'd be surprised how many people forget their children at places. Or like, you know, never get them to anything on time and, and that how that actually does affect the kid. Like if you have an anxious kid and you're always late, that's going to make the kid upset, Like mm-hmm. you know? And so you kind of have to see, let me say this, maybe. I think I'm going to type as I'm talking. You need to be the parent your kids need, not the parent you needed. Mm-hmm or even be the person you are. Like sometimes your kids are going to need things you're not too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You still have to find Intrinsically.
1: A way to, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You have to do those things. Mm-hmm. It's all on you. Like it, it really is. It's the worst of all the things nature doesn't do right. Making penis happiness attached to owning a baby later. That's the worst thing in the world. Like you're real, I understand why it happens and everything, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. terrible idea. Like, really, you should get a baby at the end of a 20-question. <laughs>
1: questionnaire.
0: Questionnaire you take, and you got to get like 95% of it right, and then maybe a baby pops into the room or something like that. And it's really hard to get them right. It shouldn't uh-huh. be like, oh, that felt good. Baby. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> imagine if babies came from eating candy we'd be knee-deep in babies <laughs> what does that say about sex is candy oh, better than my- sex oh god oh
1: my gosh <laughs> maybe um i think oh i just want to pause it because as we're listing yeah. all these things you know i i just wonder if you're as a listener if you're like feeling just overwhelmed like oh my gosh i you know i i can't do this i can't do that but like it's also we're creating a list we're yeah. not
0: you know listen Eric is going to take this document and put it into real adult words. And then that's what we're going to make the podcast off. of. (laughs) And then I'm going to say silly shit in between while we're recording it. Don't you worry. It's going to be fun. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Uh, Yeah. I'm not the adult in this situation. Don't like, like really like Uh. it it is, you know, I I've said this before, but I'm always very interested in watching you think because (laughs) I will say the first thing that comes into my mind and then talk it through. You talk it through in your mind and then say the thing you mean. I try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, you don't just try. Stop it, Erica. <laughs> that is what you do. If Erica and I were dating, I would sit across from her at a restaurant and go, just blurt it out. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> She'd be like, I'm almost done formulating my thought. So <laughs> <laughs> but there's there, there's a ton. Of, I mean, obviously, that is... Like, you're well-suited for what you do for a living, obviously. Um, You know, and because... Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. The The way I chat it through, the the spot where that could be a problem for somebody is because if you hear something I say that you like, that makes your brain light up, and I haven't gotten to the point yet, you could really just go, oh, yeah, that guy said that. I'll be like, that's not what I said. You didn't hear the seven words while I was still working it out. Eric is just going to say what she means, and you can count on it. That's... uh. That's why mm-hmm. you're here, because otherwise right. it'd just be me talking in circles. And then at the end going, oh, my God, does it mean that? <laughs> <laughs> but you lay you on the plane. You do. <laughs> it's fun while we're listening to it on the podcast, but like it needs a little bit of both. I have to mm-hmm. say that we there was um, the Rebellion episode we did when at the end I said, uh, um, life's a crockpot and our potatoes aren't cooked yet. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and I looked at your face. You were like, "Oh my God, that's exactly right!" (laughs) And like you had this like lovely look on your face, and I and I felt so good. I was like, "I did good." (laughs)
1: Oh, you felt validated. Oh, I well, yes, that was good. That
0: was Uh, a good comment. (laughs) This is a funny thing. I was like, "Oh, I did good. I felt good." I was like, "Yay!" Okay, so I mean, we we're through it here. Like, it's a ton of stuff to consider. You are gonna like for the lovely people put a list together. I'm gonna send you links to the things that people said. Um, and we'll, we'll put some of those things together in conversations, but mm-hmm. I think mostly this is, um, you from a professional perspective, uh, and as a parent and me from my perspective and what, I don't know if even people know about you, like you have younger children. And I do. Yeah. So how, I have
1: a four, no, I have a five-year-old. She just turned five, oh, wow. uh, the girl and a, uh, eight and a half year old, both
0: girls. And my kids are 23 and 19. So mm. And but you and I are similarly aged. But I'm old, mm. dear.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am. I am forty five. I am
1: forty five. Oh so,
0: yeah. yes. So you were like I'm not fifty two. Make sure they know that. <laughs> um. <laughs> but seriously, like it's two different perspectives mm-hmm. with your professionalism mixed in. I think this is a great idea because mm-hmm. my idea for this is is that nobody launches into life at the exact right time. And the exact right time would be different for every person. That time would change once you couple up with another person. Like maybe you would be a perfect mom at 32, but I'd be a perfect dad at, I don't know, 25. But we don't meet like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's going to get thrown into it where the happy penis feeling puts them. (laughs) (laughs) And then the baby comes out. And then immediately, I'm going to just tell you your fear and your, your, your desire to do a good job and your fear are the overwhelming factors in the beginning when the baby's born. You're like, I don't want to screw this up and I don't think I can do this are probably what's swirling around in your head even though I don't think the words come out like that from your mouth. You just have that And maybe a dose of love. Oh my God, there's a ton of that that involved and (laughs) happiness and all that other stuff because you're not exhausted yet so you can still be happy. (laughs) Um, But like all that feeling is there and then it happens then it's a, I mean, then it's a drop of water rolling down a hill and it makes turns and gets absorbed and then gets rehydrated and then runs into a stick and gets diverted. And you don't get to sit around and philosophize every time one of those things happens. So Mm -hmm. there's gotta be a simple bag of tricks that you're, honestly, Erica, I think the cat's out of the bag. This is how I think about diabetes too, right? Like a small tool bag That Mm -hmm. you don't have to think about, you just, your hand goes in and you're holding it. You don't even know how it happened. You're like, I know what to do here. This is a pre-bolus. You know, I know what to do here. I need a temp basil here. I'm going to pre, I'm going to bolus for the fat here. If you have to think about those things, then they don't happen. But if they are things you understand and things that have been kind of put into your head through storytelling and podcasts and things like that, then when you need them, they're there. Mm -hmm. And because I can tell you or Erica can tell you all she wants not to do a thing in a situation. But the reason that's a thing people tell you not to do is because that's the human reaction in that situation. It's what people are going to do. And if you have to consciously not do it, you're probably going to fail at it. You need Mm -hmm. to it just needs to happen. So I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that that does this for people. I hope it helps them with their kids. And then I hope it helps them with their diabetes, too, because I'm going to. I'll finish up here and then I want to hear what you have to say. I think after talking to so many people who are adults who have been children with diabetes that parenting's more important with diabetes than even it may be in a regular situation because there are a lot of extra things that can go wrong and those things can lead to real bad health problems. Not just you, you know, not liking blonde ladies or something like that. So, um, you know, which is how I would feel if my blonde mom was yelling at me a lot. Uh, uh, anyway, like that, that I think is just, anyway, I, that's what I see for this, the bigger picture of it.
1: No, I appreciate that because I was thinking, did we explain why we were kind of yeah taking a bigger, a broader view around parenting? And so the hope is that if we can address some of these common themes that that would ultimately help the parent-child dynamic in your in the diabetes management piece because sometimes we kind of narrow in on like just tell them to prebolus, tell them to not eat, da da da. But we're not looking at the bigger picture of like, well, why is that? Why is that dynamic occurring? So right. the hope is that the parenting picture would help the diabetes management
0: lane. I have an an interview that just went up where this woman describes how she was uh, diagnosed as a teen. And, um, just, it was a long time ago before management was very good and they just didn't want to be bothered with it. So they would do background insulin and bolus when they got high and that was it, like not even for food or anything like that. And she's on the show to talk about the fact that she's lost her sight, already had a couple of transplants, hoping to get another kidney, like that kind of stuff, right? Like really like the worst outcomes that you that you worry about when somebody tells you, you have diabetes and her reasoning for the things that happened in her life were all very like I, I, got every one of them, everything she said, I was like, I understand this. Right. But all I could think while she was talking was, well, that's what you saw. What really happened? Like what got you to make that decision? Like what did your parents do or not do, or what did your life experience lead you towards that when this happened, you made this decision. And to me, that's about this. Like you, like listen, we're all gonna be good parents at times, and we're all gonna be bad parents at times. But the difference between your kid having a reaction that just leads them to be, I don't know, you know, a a dick to a parking attendant, and you know, not taking care of their blood sugar, there's a big difference between those two things. And I don't imagine that anybody has the time or the or the knowledge about diabetes or parenting while they're in it to conceive of those issues and find a way around them. So my idea is stop the problem before it starts so that you're not just a person that's 60 years old sitting around going, I should not have done that. And now this is what happened from it. And then you just sit there looking back feeling bad the whole time. So I actually think this will be a fun conversation that will lead to some value for people. So, anyway, mm-hmm. I appreciate you doing it with me yes. very much.
1: Yes. Cool. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right. I uh, will see you next time.
1: See you next time.
0: Erica Forsyth is a therapist for families with diabetes. Check her out at ericaforsyth.com. Erica offers help for caregivers and families, therapy for tweens, teens, and adults, and so much more. EricaForsythe.com. I want to thank US Med for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox podcast. USMed.com forward slash Juicebox or call 888-721-1514. Get your free benefits check and start getting your supplies the same way we do from US Med. You're going to get a new episode of this series once every week until it is completed. Today, of course, was the intro episode I think I called Brainstorm. Uh, parenting episode. Parenting episode. How am I going to do this? All right, you're going to get to figure this out with me. I guess we'll brainstorm the rest of this. I need to, I need titles. Like I have like like the next episode is going to be called Understanding Parenting Styles. Uh, episode after that, Building Positive Communication. I'll tell you the, the next few in a moment, but... I need a preface. Like, you know how it's like diabetes pro tip, colon, pre-ballus. I need a blah, 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 colon for this. Parenting, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just parenting, colon. This one's brainstorm, intro, intro, brainstorm, something like that. The next one, understanding parenting styles. Parenting, understanding parenting styles. Parenting, building positive communication. Yeah, maybe that works, right? Let me keep trying that with you. Parenting, self care and personal growth for parents. Parenting, creating boundaries and expectations. Right? Parenting, avoiding unintended consequences of inconsistent discipline and over involved parenting. How in the hell am I going to make that a title? That I'm going to have to slow down. Uh, that one would be parenting, unintended consequences of inconsistent discipline and over involved parenting. I'll call that one inconsistent and over-involved. Okay, I can do this. By the way, there's more episodes than just these five that I've mentioned here, but this is how it's going to go. And, you know, you'll listen or you won't. You'll decide what you think. I hope you love it. I'm super excited. And uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, I think that parenting in general and ideas, things that we don't talk about or think about sometimes, um, they impact how we do things. We could always maybe make better decisions. I know I can. And I think that extends to diabetes. So whether you find that Eric and I are specifically talking about diabetes in the moment or not, I think the information and the conversations will help you in both walks of your life. I hope you enjoy it. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.